Uh, today's sermon, um, I'm excited about. I'm going to ask Pastor Matt Hawkins to come up. He's going to deliver the sermon today. Pastor Matt came on our staff as a huge answer to prayer about 100 days ago, a little over 100 days ago. Uh, he keeps telling me, I'm not sure why he stayed, because he keeps asking me why I'm so crazy. Um, but we're trying to figure that out together. But one of the things I've been super impressed with Matt is his absolute reliance on the Lord. One of the things that impressed me and just when we were talking initially when we had first met is he was saying, you know, I don't really know. I don't know uh, if, if Desert Springs is the right thing, so I'm going to go talk to Jesus about it. And then he came back and he said, I talked to Jesus about it, and I think I'm going to come to Desert Springs, but I don't know if I like you. But Jesus said... And so uh, I'm a Cowboys fan. He's a Raiders fan. And so we're going to put, that's on my card. <laughs> uh, but would you please welcome Matt as he delivers the, the Lord's uh, word this morning. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Caleb. And excited to be here. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much for this opportunity to hear from you. I pray in the name of Jesus, that you remove me out of the way and that your Holy Spirit will rest, rule, and abide with all of us in just these few moments. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I, I am excited. I am nervous. And typically when I'm excited and nervous, I yell really loud. So please forgive me. <laughs> In our text, Mark chapter 9, verse 24, you will find these words. Mark 9, 24. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. I'll read it again in case any of you guys are like me. You got to hear things multiple times. I'm a little slow at times. Here we go. Mark chapter 9, verse 24 says, Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. Every single one of us in this room, all of us, have had moments of doubt. I was wondering if any of you guys were going to lie there. Every single one of us in this room have had moments where we were uncertain. We did not have any conviction. We were unsure what we were going to do. And in this text, we find someone. We find a father with a sick child that is unsure if God, if Jesus, if God wrapped in flesh, Jesus Christ is who he says he is and can do what he says he can do. And if the rumors or, or the message that he's heard from every single other person that he is a healer, this guy, this father is coming to see if Jesus is who he says he is. I don't know about you, but, but there are struggles with faith represented right here, right now. And doubts about what you believe or if the gospel is true or, or if this whole Jesus thing actually happens. Some of you guys might be new to this Jesus thing, and that's probably why you're here. You're questioning if this is legitimate, if this actually happened. 
Some of you guys are already on the train, you're already moving, and, and you're unsure, how, how does my life match up with, with all of these great accounts, all of these great stories, all of this stuff called faith? I see what the text says, but I'm not really making a connection between what the Bible says and what's going on in my reality right now. You're in the right place. <laughs> you, you came to the right place today because we have an amazing opportunity to explore this text. Before I get there, though, I should tell you a story. I've been preaching, presenting the gospel, been a part of church ministry, doing the Jesus thing full time for, for, for almost 19 years. I, I, I turned 31 tomorrow, 31 years old, Lord Jesus. I turned 31. And so you can do the math. I've been talking about Jesus all day, every day since I was 12 years old in front of small people, small congregations, little, little tiny babies, and then in front of like big, big, huge people, you know, you know, the adults, you know, the big church. You know, I've been on multiple stages. And, and I hate to inform you of this. This might come as a surprise to some of you, but in all of those years, 19 years of talking about Jesus with passion and with conviction, I have doubted the very gospel that I preach. Oh boy. Oh shoot. He doesn't believe what he's preaching. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is there have been ups and downs. There have been doubts. There have been questions. There have been areas of my time that I didn't even know if it was true or not. I, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I'm alone here. It, it, it says um, in one of Alistair uh, McGrath's books, fortunately, um, um, it, it gives me some help here. It says, this, this is a, a really a common thing among pastors, among preachers, beyond pastors, beyond preachers, among Jesus followers. This is, this is something that is uh, really common. It says uh, uh, there are two types of unbelief. There's doubt, and then there is total denial. Doubt is, is if you're in the faith and you are questioning uh, if this is true because you want to be sure. You want to be sure, you want to be certain that what you profess is the real deal. Now, total denial or, or unbelief is, is when you completely reject the person and the message of Jesus Christ. Say, no, nah, I, don't, I don't believe it. He didn't exist. In this text, we have the word unbelief, but, but they're not really talking about total denial of who Jesus is. This man, this father in the text is, is trying to connect his reality with what he's heard about Jesus. He's actually trying to know who Jesus is, just like doubting Thomas in the Bible trying to really understand if Jesus really did what he said that he did, just like John the Baptist in the Bible, 
who was the guy, who was the hype man, who came before Jesus and said, there is one coming greater than me whose shoes I'm not worthy to, to even tie. I, I, can't even, I can't even, you know, touch him. He's just too, too awesome. He's just too, too great. There's somebody coming after me who's greater than me. This is John the Baptist that said that. And then fast forward in the text, John the Baptist sends all of his followers and says, go and find out if this Jesus is the real deal. <laughs> I, I believe, help my unbelief. I, I don't know about you, but any parents in here probably would agree with me. My wife and I, we, we've had... We've had four children in, in about eight years, Lord Jesus. We, <laughs> we, we, we've had four kids about eight years. Whew. And, 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 and I, I have no idea how this happened. I don't, I don't know when it, when it happened, but, <laughs> but, 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 but Jesus helped my unbelief. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but 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 over the past, you know, eight, nine years going on, going on 10 years of marriage now, um, I, I have seen, I don't know if my wife has seen this, but but I have seen my children turn from little mommy and daddy worshipers. Like, oh man, they just loved us. I, oh man, they was just like, oh mommy, oh daddy, you know, when they're just crawling and, and they're starting to lift up on things. I mean, they, they, they just love us. I mean, oh man, they just want to be held. They just want to be cuddled. They, they, just, they just want to be fed. They, they just want us to lay them and tuck them in and put them to bed. And, and, it, and if you've ever had kids, you know what happens when they start becoming three and four and five, they start to think that maybe he and she, maybe they aren't worthy of worship anymore. Maybe, maybe that crazy dude doesn't really know what the heck he's talking about. Maybe, maybe all the stuff that she's saying isn't really legit. And so they move from little worshipers to doubters. They start questioning everything. I got this eight-year-old, guys. I mean, his name's Matthew Jeremiah Hawkins. I shouldn't have named him that because that's my name. That was a mistake because everything he does is just like me. I mean, he questions everything. He's got a smart mouth. He talks to his teachers and tells them what they should be doing. Matthew is terrible when it comes to trusting people. He thinks we're all out to get him. We provide food, we provide shelter, we provide clothes, we provide everything. He ain't got to do nothing. Do y'all understand? He ain't got to do nothing but his homework, okay? He, that's all he has to do in his life. But he doubts everything that we say. Just the other day, I was saying, hey, man, we're going to get food. He asked me probably a hundred times, Dad, when are we going to eat? Dad, do you remember we, we, got, we, we got to eat, Dad? Dad, Dad, do you remember we, 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 have to, we have to eat, Dad, over and over again as if I was going to starve him? I don't know if you guys have ever been there, but man, it, it, it kind of looks like my relationship with God and some of your relationships with God. Look at his, look, look at him as if he, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Question him as if he, he doesn't know the beginning and the end, the, the first and the last of everything. Look, his, look at him as if he's not eternal, like he doesn't 
know how this thing plays out. The good news is, even though all of us doubt, even though all of us question, even though all of us in tough, challenging times get extremely sad, overwhelmed, times feel like giving up, even in the midst of all of that, we have this thing called the gospel, this truth, this, this reality. In, in the middle of it all, there's this good news. There's, there's this exciting news. There's, there's this happily ever after that exists in the midst of all of our doubt that says in spite of what we aren't, he is. I, I think y'all missed it. I think y'all just missed it. I mean, in spite of all of my drama, in spite of all of the sickness, in spite of all of the overwhelming news, in spite of all the bad reports, in spite of the family drama, God is. Okay, I got three people. In spite of everything, in spite of everything that happens to you, some of you have lost jobs. Some of you have been let go. Some of you have been broke. You can define broke in about 10 different ways. In spite of all of that, the gospel says that it's not up to how much you can maintain. What has already been done is more than enough. Jesus paid it on the cross. He purchased all of our past sin, all of our present and our future. He covered everything and he paid for it. I don't know about you, but, but that's good news to me because, because I'm crazy. That's great news because I have issues. That's awesome news because everything that I do in my life, it don't go well. Don't always work. Things fall apart constantly. And in this text, we have something that looks like a situation goes from bad to worse. <laughs> Before I read this text, and explain it really quickly and, and hit a few points and sit down, I should say this. The difference between doubt and unbelief is massive. But there are times when they can feel like the same thing. I'll say it again. The difference between doubt and unbelief are completely different. To say, I believe in this Jesus thing and I don't believe in this Jesus thing, those are two different things. But if there are any Jesus followers here, I, I would submit to you, and this probably wouldn't be a surprise when I say this, but there are times when you're following Jesus, and like Peter, you're, from, you're, you're, you're following from afar off. You just can't feel like. You just, you just can't even be, begin to feel like Jesus is real because you're so far away. actually drove Peter to deny Jesus three times. <laughs> Jesus was being persecuted. He was being abused. And J Jesus was being persecuted. He was being abused. And, and a little girl comes up to Peter and says, hey, you, you look like that Jesus follower dude. 
You look like that dude that was following Jesus. Peter looks at her and says, I don't know, I don't know him. I'm not with him. Doubts, his concerns, his fears, his anxiety overwhelmed him in such a way that he moved to denial. Isn't it possible to doubt so much so that you deny the very thing that got you this far? Oh, God, I felt some groans. That's what y'all do when it's getting good, right? Mmm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, there, there have been some times in my life where, where it's like, man, do I, even, do I even know what the heck is going on? Where, where, where does doubt come from? Well, D- David Platt, one, one of these crazy preacher guys, David Platt outlines the, the, the essence of, of, of the home of doubt, where, where doubt comes from. I love this, and then, and then, and then we're going to get out of here, I promise. The, there, there are three areas where, where doubt comes from that he outlines. Num, number one, difficult situations breed doubt. When stuff hits the fan. Oh. When it's, when it's that time to talk about bills, and, and there's more month than there is money, and, and you look at at, at, at the person next to you, and you're like, I don't know, how, how we gonna do this? You know, all of that starts, all that doubt starts coming in. Difficult situations. Number two, unmet expectations. You wanted to be this, you wanted to do this. You, you had aspirations to, to make it here in this date, in, in this time frame. Unmet expectations will make you butt hurt. Another way to say that is unmet expectations will hurt your feelings. When it doesn't go the way you thought it would go, you get your feelings hurt. And the church said, I got four people. And then, and then, and then the final one is limited perception. Some of you, in seasons of life, you, you, you start looking forward and you can't quite see what tomorrow will bring. It does, it, you just can't clearly see what, what's going to happen. And so that starts building up this thing like maybe it's not going to work out. Maybe God isn't who he says he is. Maybe it's not going to be like we were promised. Children of Israel, that's the entire Old Testament murmuring and complaining and getting frustrated with Moses as if he's not connected to the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the God of the universe. Like, Moses, you don't know what you're doing. Like, we don't know what's going on right now. You need to get this together. We did the let my people go thing, but we're far from there. We're out of Egypt, and we feel like you don't know what you're doing. Doubt. In our text, in our text, we have, we have this, this crazy transition. Mark chapter 9 starts with the transfiguration. Starts with Jesus in, in, in this high place with Peter, James, and John, those that were in the inner circle, those that were super close to Jesus. And then it, it, it moves quickly. They come off the mountain. It's this great, amazing, like, like supernatural thing that happens. And they see the other disciples as they get to the bottom of the mountain arguing with scribes 
scribes. These are folks that record the, the, the text. These, these are folks that are religious leaders. These are the folks that hung out with Pharisees. And Pharisees, kind of like my mama, they, they are ultra religious. I mean, like, like Bible thumping in Jesus' name. This is what it's supposed to be. By every letter, you're supposed to follow this. They, they just look for reasons. I love my mom. Mom, I love, I love you. Um, they, they just look for reasons to point out error. Scribes and Pharisees were Jesus' biggest opponents. They, they, they always look to trip up Jesus. And so they're, they're starting an argument on the ground floor here. Jesus' disciples come down and they see this man, see this, see this uh, man arguing with scribes. And, and the disciples, drama going on. Jesus is like, what's going on? The man who's got the issue calls out and says, I came to your disciples looking for them to heal my demon-possessed son. And they could not do it. I came to them with expectation and my, un, and, and my expectations were unmet. I came to them looking for one thing, and they produced failure. The disciples are probably looking at Jesus like, man, I don't know, man. I tried, Jesus. I really did. I tried, and it just didn't work. So, so now we have not only a father who brought his sick son to these disciples that should have been able to do this, but we also have an argument going on. We have a crowd forming, and the son is still sick. The situation has gone from bad to worse. Have you ever been there? Where, where maybe you were going to the doctor, or maybe you were going to the office, or maybe you were going to point A or point B expecting one thing, and it went from bad to worse. Well, this father who has the demon-possessed son is frustrated now. And Jesus says to all of them, you unfaithful, non-believing individuals. <laughs> how, how in the world can, can you have all this access, all of this connection with me, and you can't even help this man? So Jesus then begins to dialogue with this man. And, 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 and long story short, it's right there in Mark chapter 9. You can read it when you go home. It basically says, the man's like, I, I tried them. They, they couldn't do it. I need my son to be healed because, because every time he has an episode, he starts to have these seizures and they, they cause him to fall down sometimes into water or into fire. This is a bad situation. My son is demon-possessed, and it's been going on majority of his life. And I'm tired of this. I'm, I need help. I need help. Help me, Jesus. Have you ever prayed that? Help me, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus then hears the man say, Jesus, if you can do this, Heal my son. Jesus, in 
in the, in the best fashion ever. This is classic Jesus. If you want to know the personality of Jesus, this is classic Jesus right here. Jesus says, if I can, <laughs> if I can, he says back to the man, if you can believe, then things might turn around for you. You don't hear nothing else I say. Every single morning, every single afternoon, every single evening, you're probably asking this question. Can you, Jesus? Can you do it, Jesus? Can you? Can you help me in school, Jesus? Can you help me with this test? As it says on the video, I ain't studied. Can you help me, Jesus? Jesus pushes back on this father with a, a demon-possessed son, and he says, if I can, thinking in his mind, I, I would imagine I, I am the first and the last. I created this whole thing, like this is all me. The man feels the weight of Jesus' question, and he says, all right, you got me. The issue isn't you, Jesus. The issue is me. And he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I, I, I believe, but help me in this moment of doubt. The greatest prayer, one of the greatest prayers that, that is prayed in the New Testament, as you can see. Question is, after you've heard all of this, What now? We heard about the man. We heard about the difference between belief and unbelief. You know, doubt, unbelief. Difference between saying I, I subscribe to Jesus, but I'm a little unsure. But and the difference between I, I hey man, I, I don't even believe in Jesus at all. We got that covered. What what is the what is the what is the point? of all of this. Well, in, in this text, what we see is, first of all, this man chose to come to Jesus. Second of all, this man chose to trust in Jesus in spite of his issue. Third of all, because of the first two, he was transformed. He was changed. His situation changed because he chose not, Proverbs 3, not to lean on his own perspective. He chose not to rely on his own ability, but he chose to take all of his baggage, all of his issue, and push through the drama of the scribes, push through the drama of, of the disciples failing him, chose to push through all of the issue just to get to Jesus and by his efforts, not by his own strength, but Jesus basically carrying him through. His situation changed. I'm not asking you all to start praying so you can get what you want. <laughs> I, I think the text is really saying that the man came to get his son 
healed. But bigger than that, this man had an encounter with Jesus. This man moved from, from, I don't really think this is possible, to I've experienced it for myself. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, my prayer for all of us, is that not only will we pray and go to Jesus with everything, but my prayer is that we will take the initiative to roll out our questions, our doubts, honestly and up front. Like this man who had an issue, I, I pray that we can be honest Because in that moment, when we share our doubts and when we share the issues of our heart, things that are kind of disconnected, where we we just can't make the jump. When we actually go to him, not, not tell mama and them, when we actually go to him, not call somebody and, and, and initially say, hey, this is all my drama, but that we actually initially go to him. That, that, that we'll think enough of him to turn to him. And as we're going to him, that we'll trust him. That we won't go to him saying, nah, this ain't going to work. But that we'll go to him saying, man, I, I believe you, but I got all this issue over here. So I need you to help my uncertainty, help my lack of conviction. I, I believe you, but help me. Help me in this area right here. This is this whole area right here that's got some questions. God, I thank you. Thank you for, for this opportunity to look at someone who is just trying to figure out his relationship, his understanding of your power, of your ability. Pray, God, that as we all sit here, there's a thousand different things that's, that's, that's going on in our minds right now. I just pray, God, that areas of our lives that have massive amounts of doubt, there's these huge disconnects. Pray, God, that you could just fill us Fill our hearts. Bring your presence so aggressively that that it drives us back to the foot of the cross. That that it drives us back to the gospel. That you left your holy and happy state. Came through 40 and 2 generations. Came through this massive lineage. So that you can actually be with us. Dwell among us. Spend time with us. Not so that we can... Live as though you don't exist, but to really look at your ability, your power, and your presence in a very tangible way. And you didn't just stop there, but you hung on a tree, paying for all of our issues. You resurrected from the grave to give us power and the ability only by your power. You you gave it to us so that we can come to you at any point. I pray that. 
for every single person under the sound of my weak voice. We give you praise in Jesus' name, amen.